It's Wednesday, December 23rd. Welcome to the Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today, the one and only Morgan Housel. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you. <laughs> You're a little speechless. A little bit. <laughs> Why is that? Well, Dan our, Boyd threatened you. Our very nice producer, Dan Boyd. <laughs> he and I have, have a love hate relationship, <laughs> and it leans towards hate sometimes. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. We, we were teasing each other just, before. Just a little messing around we before we began here. Teasing each other before the show. Um, I've said this before, that, that one of the reasons for someone to be on Twitter is so that they can follow you. And I want to talk about something that you had tweeted out this morning, having to do with diversification. Keeping in mind, I'm now just realizing, I want to talk about a chart that you tweeted out. So yeah. so yeah, charts don't necessarily make for great audio, but it was pretty interesting, because it was, it was basically a chart comparing the Dow average, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is made up of just 30 stocks, mm-hmm. comparing that to the total market average. Yeah, the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index, which, which has almost 4,000 stocks, right? and the S&P 500, which is obviously 500 companies. So, you have three indexes, 30 stocks, 500 stocks, 4,000 stocks. And I just plotted them what they've done over the last 10 years, and it's almost indistinguishable between the three. The three pretty much put up the exact same performance with the exact same volatility. I mean, the three lines on this chart basically just mirror each other. They're exactly the same over the last 10 years. And I put it up to show, you know, when we're talking about diversification, well, how many stocks do you need to own to be diversified? It's a, it's a tough question. And I really don't know, you know, there's no perfect answer. You, you know, there's no answer to say once you own X, you're okay. But looking at this, you know, the difference between 30 stocks and 4,000 stocks, there's virtually no difference. And the one counter argument to this is that those three indexes are very similar. So they are pretty, they are stocks from the same kind of category, the same characteristics. If you had thrown in international stocks, uh, you know, stocks from China or Brazil, you would get different outcomes. So the, the, you know, this is not to poo-poo uh, stock diversification. But it's just, you know, it just gets to the question of how many stocks do you need to own? And a lot of times I meet people who own 200 individual stocks. And, and maybe that works for them. They may have some reason for doing that. But I often think once you own that many stocks, the odds that you are going to be differentiated from an index fund are pretty low. I was surprised by it just because the Dow is an index that. I don't want to say it has lost relevance over time, but it's it 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 seems like um, it is less hallowed, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it, was, because it, it was. I mean, when I was a kid, it was sort of the revered index. Yeah. And but I, I was genuinely surprised that you can get diversification with just thirty stocks. What's really interesting, the Dow, in theory, is a terrible index. Because it's only 30 companies, and how those 30 companies are weighted just makes no sense whatsoever. It's weighted by share price. So, if a company has a high share price, like IBM, uh, that gets more weight in the index than a company with a lower share price, like Bank of America. Now, of course, if you know how how the mechanics of stocks works, the nominal value of the share price means nothing. It doesn't mean the company is worth more or worth less. It's just this it's just this function of accounting. But that's how it's weighted in the Dow. And why do they do that? It goes back to the Dow started in the 1890s before calculators. And it was much easier to weight things if you had a very simple formula, like just go by the share price. And that's stuck around. So, it makes no sense. In theory, the Dow should not should be a terrible index. 
But again, as we showed, if you plot it against better indexes, like the S&P 500 or the Vanguard Tool Stock Market Index, there's almost no difference. Well, that was the thing when Apple did their split, when they split seven for one. Yeah. And that was one of the comments in the aftermath of that announcement was, oh, well, now Apple is almost certainly going to be added to the Dow. Right. Because right. now it's going to be $100 a share instead of $700 yeah, a share. Yeah, you have to have a roughly low share price to be added to, to, be added to the Dow. As we wrap up 2015, any thoughts on the year? Did it turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out? I know you're not in the prediction business. Yeah. This, this, I'll just say for myself, I was a little surprised at how the market did this year. Yeah. I, I really was, frankly, I was expecting it to be worse. I, yeah. it's, it's right now going to end roughly flat for the year. I really thought we were going to have a much worse year. I'm definitely not in the forecasting game, but I'll say this. Companies are buying back so much of their own stock these days, hundreds of billions of dollars per year in share repurchases, that it would, until that changes, I think it's difficult to get a huge decline in stocks. There was a statistic I saw the other day over the last 10 years. U.S. individual investors have put something like $600 billion into stocks over the last 10 years. Whereas U.S. companies have repurchased more than two trillion dollars of their own stocks. So, in terms of like who owns the market, who is buying stocks, individual investors like you and I are a sideshow compared to big companies that are buying back their own stocks. That's what those are the big buyers of stocks by far in the market. But we don't talk about that that often until that changes, and someday it will change. You know, 2008, 2009, companies pretty much stopped buying back their own stocks to save cash on their balance sheets. But until that ends. I think it'll be difficult to get a long, sustained decline in share prices. So, do you think when we have a market decline like we had in 2008, 2009, that the companies with really deep pockets, with a lot of cash on the balance sheet, they're almost certainly going to keep buying back their shares because it's going to be a lot cheaper? Well, the evidence of that, that's what you would want to happen. Especially when your CEO went to Harvard Business School and you would think would understand these things. The evidence of that happening, though, I think is so slim. And you just see the worst behavior you could possibly imagine with share purchases that when the market is high, companies go in and buy back tons of their own stock. And when the market is low and the economy is, is in trouble, not only do they stop buying shares, but a lot of these companies go out and sell shares to raise equity. It's just, it's the exact reverse of what you would want to see, but it's what we see time and time again. That's just in a in a way that's just mildly depressing. Some of it, <laughs> some of it comes down to I think the incentives of a lot of uh, corporate executives. When so much of their pay is tied to not only stock but stock options, they have a big incentive to push the short term share price as high as they can. Um, and then so that that's what they're going to do when they have the cash. They're going to go out and buy stocks, and they're they're not really thinking: Is this the best long term use of our money? They're thinking: Is this going to get my share price above thirty five dollars and twenty two cents, which is what they need to do for me to buy a new yacht? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the new yacht. It's all about the yacht. Any thoughts about twenty sixteen? I think for me the biggest. Surprise for most people, probably the biggest surprise is the price of oil. What that's done over the last two years, the price of oil right now is lower than it was in 1990. It's just a mind blowing thing. And if you go back a few years ago, 2008 or 2011, when oil prices were well above $100 a barrel, nobody would have said that oil prices could be $34 a barrel where they are now. 
caused by anything other than a new global depression, which we're not in right now. It's we have low oil prices just because we're pumping so much darn oil, and there's no end in sight to it. Both OPEC and U.S. oil producers, uh, shale oil producers, really should just show very little signs of letting up. It's great for consumers. It's it's pretty awful for the oil industry, but it's probably one of the biggest trends and drivers of the economy right now. The savings that U.S. households could have from this in every in a given year is, on average, close to $1,000. Now, with normal economic growth and wage growth, you would need to do a lot to increase household income by $1,000 on average. But we just did it with a snap of a fingers with oil prices over the last six or eight months. So, it's a pretty big deal. Does that change how you invest? Does that make you more or less interested in Investing in oil stocks, I think as a, I think what what's you're you're seeing more signs of I think uh, people just kind of giving up on oil and the classic signs that you would see near a market bottom of people just throwing in the towel and saying I give up I'm not even going to try anymore. You're starting to see signs of that in the oil market. That's not to say it's a bottom. There are people like Goldman Sachs thinks oil could go to twenty dollars a barrel, which is you know significantly lower than it is now. But the odds that they're, they're Two things I think are certain: uh, over the next year or two, many many oil companies will go bankrupt, and over the last, and over the next five years, many many oil companies will be worth five or ten times more than they are right now. That's kind of the nature of these big crashes. See, I don't own any oil stocks, and now you're getting me interested. Well, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Uh, a couple of housekeeping notes before we wrap up. Uh, I mentioned this earlier in the month. Uh, our summer internships for 2016 are open. Uh, you can go to culture.fool.com. We're looking for applications for investing interns, editorial, uh, software development. We're actually having an open house in early January. We're going to have, I think, a, a half day of, of programming and, and presumably punch and cookies. I, anytime I hear that's, that's anytime right. I hear open house, I that's immediately where my brain goes. Oh, is there going to be food and drink? There's going to be food. <laughs> there will be food and drink. Uh, culture.fool.com. So check out the details uh, if you're interested or you know someone who might be interested in interning at the Motley Fool next summer. You can follow us on Twitter at MarketFoolery is our handle. From Tom Few in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you converted me to love the songs after your show with the CeeLo Green version of the Grinch song, You Guys Rock Full On. That's nice. Always nice when we can convert someone to... To CeeLo Green. Well, to Grinch. enjoying Seems holiday music. Because as, right. as I said, and I actually tweeted this out uh, earlier today, there was a story in the Washington Post today about the economics of radio stations flipping to all holiday music. Yeah. And it's basically like... Um, it's basically like the Super Bowl for whatever television network has the Super Bowl. Yeah, that it is just money in the bank for these radio stations, and that's why. Is that because they have to pay lower royalties because these are all like public domain songs? I, I think it's the combination of. I, I don't think it's so much on the royalty side. I think it's just that it, it drives ratings, and now they they've been Got doing it. it enough that they are able to 
book their advertising 11 months in advance. Someone should just start a year-round Christmas channel. No, that's, Those, They probably exist, actually. No. That probably exists somewhere. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Like an actual radio, st- like a physical radio yeah. station? No, yeah, I we think sh- we should do it. <laughs> we should do it. No, I think I think this is one of those like look once a year this will make money because you'll get because what you get is a lot of people just saying I don't normally listen to that radio station but I'm in the holiday spirit I'm gonna flip over to it now. I think I think we should do it and it could be if you're having a bad day in the middle of June flip over to AM fifteen ten and hear some Mariah Carey Christmas <laughs> songs. All I want for Christmas on June tenth if you want it. Well and and again part of this story gets to. The thesis that Dan Boyd and I were talking about earlier in the month, which is that we like holiday music. We just hate the fact that these stations are playing the same fifty songs over I'll not, and no, over. No, no, fifty. It's it's seven. It's, <laughs> it's seven. It's not fifty. And what, if it was fifty, it'd be okay. And that's why we're not playing <laughs> Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. We're not playing Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. We're we're playing. We're giving some, you some CeeLo. We're we're giving you some CeeLo Green. And today. Definitely a, a song you're not going to hear on the radio because it is a mashup of two of the most distinctive voices in music from the last 50 years. Here's or- Metallica does Christmas. <laughs> thanks for being here. No, thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. You better watch out. You better not. Kitty cars to I-